welcome back. I am happy to say the world is back in order. Sure, we still have disease and poverty and depression and we're all going to die eventually. But at least right now, as of the time that you're listening to this podcast, there is baseball. Real, meaningful, true, legitimate, glorious baseball. If this is your first time tuning into Prospects Worldwide, we just spent the last month recapping every single player who got drafted in the 2020 draft. And now, we move it up a notch to picking the best of the best across every team's minor league system. Over at ProspectsWorldwide.com, the guys in charge are writing in-depth top 20 prospect reports, and we've already got a few that have started to pop up. So starting today, we'll take a look at every team's minor league system and single out the best each team has to offer. So without further ado, let's start with one of the best systems in baseball, the San Diego Padres. Sit back and enjoy our breakdown of the best young players El Paso, Amarillo, Lake Elsinore, and all the Padres affiliates have to offer. Today's the start of a great new series. I'm John Giles, and this is Prospects Worldwide. Ooh, guys, it is good to be back. I am excited. The draft series is done. We're able to move on to bigger things. Like I said at the top, the very first top prospects report that got on the site was the San Diego Padres, and it is absolutely fascinating. Uh, joining me today to break down these friars, I've got my co-host, the director of DRS, Jake Tillinghast. Jake, tell me good things. Uh, not too much to share, just kind of ready to hop into these uh, top 20 ranks. Yeah? W which ones do we have up on the side so far? So yeah, we got the uh, the Mets, Orioles, Rangers, and Padres, and we got a few more coming pretty shortly. And these are all including the most recent draft picks as of yesterday, right? Correct, yeah. So anyone that's eligible as a rookie is eligible for the lists. So players such as for the Rangers, Nick Solak will be eligible, and also their first round pick, Justin uh, Justin Fosco. So anyone cool. in the system is eligible. Well, Jake, I'm, I'm very happy to introduce for the very first time on Prospects Worldwide, the prospect wonder kid himself, Drake Mann. Drake, tell everyone what your role is at Prospects Worldwide. Well, I'm basically the top rankings guy, and I'm going to be covering the D-backs and Padres, at least for the foreseeable future. Okay. Yeah, the title, your title on the site is, uh, quote, prospects of all teams not listed. So you better know your stuff on pretty much everyone, right? Yep, pretty much. That's good. I'm sure you'll be fine. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into this San Diego Padres. Uh, with these top 20 episodes, we could easily just hammer everyone's names out, give a scouting report, and be done with it. But that sounds pretty boring. And what I want to do is kind of be more focused. So instead of just yelling 20 names at each other, let's pick 10 guys to talk about. I do want to hit the top five at least, uh, because those are the best of the best. But after that, Drake, I've had you pick five guys from the remaining 15, so we're going to focus our efforts there. Um, to the listeners at home, this is called a tease. So go to prospectsworldwide.com and you'll see the, how the rest of the system shakes out. It's audio clickbait. You cannot escape it. But let's start at the top. There's no question who number one is for the Padres. Obviously, Mackenzie Gore. What's there to say about him? He's the best pitching prospect in the entire league. Only 21 years old with lights out everything. But give me the full spectrum. What quality do you like best in Gore? And, and what's the weakness here? I mean, I think his best quality is his bulldog mentality. I mean, he doesn't care what count he's in. He's not really fearing anyone. He will go fastball any count because it's that good. High 90s fastball. And that curveball is a little loopy, which I think is his weakness. But I do think it's still the best pitch 
the best curveball in the minors. So his weakness is still the best curveball in the minors. I, I that's definitely what, think so. Uh, it de- just tends to be a little loopy. That's just what I think. Nice. What's his ceiling looking like in the majors? Ceiling's definitely the ace. So, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Okay. Him, him, oh, now, Paddock, and Patino, that top three is insane. Now, when we say ace, are we saying like a, a Noah Cinderiard, Jake DeGrom, actual ace, or a John Means happens to be the ace of the staff? Oh, no, definitely, definitely like a Cinderiard. Like, my comp for him is Clayton Kershaw. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm actually legitimately a... serious. Like, we haven't seen a left-handed pitching prospect like this in a while. He is that good at pitching. Nice. That's uh, Jake, what do you, uh, do you have anything on, on Gore? Yeah, like, I think he's definitely comparable to Kershaw in some ways. It's definitely a tough comparison. Obviously, Kershaw's one of the best pitchers, of, or actually the best pitcher of our generation, and one of the best pitchers ever. So it's definitely a tough comparison, but I agree. We haven't seen a left-handed pitching prospect in quite some time with uh, the type of talent McKenzie Gore has. So I'm okay with that comp, no doubt. Well, my favorite part about Kershaw's career was how every single year his ERA got better and better and better and better. And I think it was like seven straight years where he bettered his ERA. And if Gore can do the same thing, or, or even half of that, that's a God. That's an incredible, an incredible pick they have going on there. So uh, Padres are excited about that. Now the next guy on the list, though, is someone who a couple places around the uh, around the internet I've seen the Padres have number one. Uh, I don't, I don't believe it. I think he's a firm number two guy. We're talking C.J. Abrams. He does have truly elite potential here. The speed kills and. In his first year of affiliated ball, he kept an OPS easily over a thousand. Drake, you've got the bat currently only at a thirty hit and a twenty-five power. Is this a product of him only being nineteen, or is this like a let him prove his bat to, and then he gets a higher grade? What are his reasonable improvements he can make? I think it's a mix of both right there because he is nineteen. If you plop him in the majors right now, he would struggle mightily with timing. That's just what I believe. But there's no doubt there's a lot of power potential. Or maybe not a lot, but like there's some power potential there. But that contact speed combo, that's what you're really getting with Abrams. I, I appreciate the uh, the contact speed player a lot more than the power speed player. Power speed is flashy and, and sexy and all that. But contact speed actually gets you on base. And that's the name of the game. Um, so if CJ can bring that, that's, that's, that's elite right there. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. The contact speed is top of the lineup, which I think he's going to be like leadoff. I guarantee you CJ Abrams is going to be a... A, great, a good leadoff hitter when it's all said and nice. done. Jake, maybe you can answer, I guess, on the scouting side of it. So he's 19 and he has a 30 hit. Is this going to be like, a, if he continues to hit like this, this 1,000 OPS at every single level, every year he gets a 5-point bump, 10-point bump? What's kind of the thought process there with the uh, with the scouting scale? I don't know. He definitely has an pl- advanced hit tool for sure. It just more, he just needs to see advanced pitching. He hasn't really been above A ball, so he hasn't really seen strong pitching and again he's just he's 19 he's a young kid so he just needs more seasoning and he's not really going to see a ton this year just what's available to him so yeah i mean it's going to take probably another year or two before he's definitely mlb ready probably looking at about 22 maybe 23 if it goes a little slower but i think the like like drake said the power is not going to show up legitimately but i think the double power especially in peco and even triple power with him with the speed he has is going to be Pretty pretty fun to watch. I think he's gonna have potentially have a hit over 35, 40 doubles each year and reach about ten triples. So you say it takes him a year from now, a year and a half from now, he'll be major league caliber. Will we be able to see that thirty hit tool be a forty five hit tool, a fifty hit tool? What what is his future there? 
Oh, like I said, I think his future hit tool is definitely plus potential, and he's he has a chance to hit for about 300 average, but um, it just didn't take some time. Like he he his hit his hit tool would probably advance a lot quicker than the power will, of course. Like the power power is gonna be a thing that kind of just comes with him with time. Yeah, his his bat the ball skills are just pretty elite in my opinion, but just the overall profile, just the defense is above average or about average, but. I wouldn't be shocked to see him kind of move out to center field as well with the speed and the arm and just the overall profile. It's a nice profile. He's good at shortstop too, but that speed is fun to watch. Well, regardless if he sticks at shortstop or center field, up the middle will be set because up the middle behind the backstop is the very next guy, number three on the Padres list, Luis Campusano, catcher. He's the first guy on the list, interesting, that, that every single team in majors had a chance to get. He was drafted in the second round in 2017. And Campusano has been improving as a player, already bumping his slugging percentage from the mid-300s for the last couple of years to 500 last year. Uh, have you seen a change in his approach, or are these stats just a product of system development? I mainly think it's a product of system development. I mean, when you have a catcher that can slug, can hit for high average, and has a cannon of an arm from behind the plate, I mean, that's a, at least three to- uh, tools right there. So... The speed, not that's not going to really develop, but the other tools, that's definitely going to going to play well in Peco. What's his defense looking like? His arm is ve- like like I just said, it's like very good, but it is wild. It's not like Yadier Molina out there where you know it's right on the money half the time, but um, no, it, his arm is very wild, so that might really impact him. But I don't think it, I don't think it will too much. Okay. Is this uh, is he taking over for Hedges and Mejia? Because they already are stacked at catcher. So I'm curious where he kind of falls in this uh, depth chart. I, I yeah, I think he starts sometime in Petco. Oh wow, yeah, okay, definitely. And uh, a lot of people had Patino three, but I just think right now catching as as a norm is more valuable than a right-handed pitcher. So that's just why I wanted to put him three and Patino four. Okay. Well, we'll get to Patino in just a second. I'm curious, Jake, what do you have, like, scouting-wise? What do you see in Campusano? Just to touch real quick on the depth, I definitely think he'll be the starter going forward. I don't think Hedges is going anywhere anytime soon. He'll definitely be involved. Mejia will likely have to find another role once Campusano comes along. But, yeah, Campusano's bat's really advanced. He's uh, If his defense could catch up pretty quickly, he would be, um, I would say, able to come up at some point next year. I just don't think the defense will be... There and like Drake said, the arm needs to get a little more accurate and stuff. But overall, this is probably the best catching prospect in the game, and other than Adley, he's just he's just advanced for his age. I think he'll be up in the league in a, like I said, a few years, probably 2022, and probably not start right away. Especially with Hedges' advanced defensive skills, he'll probably handle that staff and in hopefully playoff runs that they're thinking they'll be in. So I think Cabasano will likely split time, and within a year or two, he'll likely take over that uh, lead role. Drake, you got your wish. We're, we're going to come back to Patino next. Number four, international surprise, Luis Patino. In 2016, the Padres nabbed just a ton of talent from that international pool. So much, in fact, that the league actually had to change their bonus pool rules to adjust to them. Uh, they signed six guys that ended up being in the league's top 30. And the very first international guy on the list right now wasn't even in those in that top 30. We're looking at Luis Patino signed for $130,000 that year. He was not heralded as the next future, and yet here he is. So how did he manage to go unseen this entire way? Was it just some development that he's had in the last couple of years? Has this been some you know brand new thing, or did everyone else just miss? 
I honestly think everyone just missed. I mean, he just came out of nowhere with for the Padres. If I remember correctly, he was in Fall League one year, and that's when he really started to progress as a pitcher, in my opinion. That's when they started seeing his high 90s fastball, his top slider, his plus-plus slider. And basically, yeah, that's just where I think he really turned the corner. I'm looking at his stats right now. Against right-handed hitters, he held them to... A 163 batting average, 259 on base percentage, 220 slugging. Just people can't hit him at all. He creates a lot of deception in his delivery, and he hides the ball well, and he throws like 98. So that's really not fair at all to the opposition. Yeah. <laughs> that's really not fair. Jake, uh, on his pitches, you know, it, it seems like he has a decent arsenal of stuff. How do you grade his pitches? Yeah, his fastballs, I would probably agree at a 55 potentially a plus right now needs a little work the command is a little shoddy it's something up with him i don't know really what to make of it each year and each level he's been at his walk rate has increased so i just kind of want to keep an eye on it i don't know if it's just something just kind of happening or if that's what we should be expecting with him a higher walk rate because when he was in the lower minors he was not known to have really any command issues in the last year he had about four uh, four walks per nine, so just something to kind of keep in the uh, in the memory bank. But yeah, I think his pitches, like I said, just it kind of just comes down to refining them and just controlling them and commanding them in the strike zone and kind of getting that uh, chase pitch when he needs it. But the curveball needs a little bit of work. It's kind of his worst pitch at the moment, but the slider and changeup are already kind of showing potential to be plus pitches. So he's got three potential plus pitches, and the fastball is a potential plus plus as well. So He's got a lot of potential behind him. I have a little bit of the question marks, just like I said, with the command and stuff. Just kind of want to see him go a little longer. He's only pitched the most in a season was 94 innings. So I just want to see him get a little over that. But he's back-to-back seasons where he's had over 80 innings, which is good to see at at a 20 20 years old. But something a little more, and I'll be really impressed going into next year. Just missing a year this year is going to be a little tough on him, but it'll be good to see him next year. Well, you mentioned the walk rate increasing. I, I noticed that as well. I also saw that he's been outperforming his FIP every single year, getting lucky in the, along the way. So a couple warning signs, a couple red flags are popping up there. Add this, too, add this too. His ground ball rate's gone down at each level as well. Okay, that's good. I don't even have to add that because you added that good, sir. Well, then just <laughs> well, if you want to keep the ad, add this. And, but it'll sound <laughs> weird. I don't care if it sounds weird. You did this to yourself. <laughs> So the next one, uh, the next guy down, number five, is actually going to be one that clears up. It's going to clear up a pretty big question for how these top 20s are made. The two prospects that I see that are clearly missing are one, Taylor Trammell, a player who performed incredibly well at summer camp. And if it weren't for maybe service manipulation, he could be in the bigs tomorrow. The other is Robert Hassel, who was their number one pick just a month ago. He's got all the potential in the world to be whatever the best version of him is. And that's probably why you have him here at five. Uh, but Drake, or, or Jake, I guess, what's the factor that sets you know one guy above the other? Is it all pure projection? Is it readiness to the big leagues? Some weighted combination? I guess what factors have you saying X is better than Y? I normally do have who's closer to the big leagues. I do value that quite a bit. But when you're talking about Taylor Trammell and Robert Hassel, Robert Hassel, this draft was probably arguably the best prep bat and Tramel just came off a down year, so that might have that kind of skewed it a little bit. But Taylor Tramel should be fine. But uh, Robert Hassel clearly is the number five, just in my opinion. Just he's incredibly raw, but going to uh, the Padres is 
going to be best for him for his future. I truly believe that. So even though he's five years away, he's still considered better right now, or not better right now, but a better overall projection than Taylor Trammell. I do believe that, yes. Okay. Jake, what uh, do you kind of see it the same way? Yeah, I don't know if Hassel's five years away, though. That's... That's a, that's a bit, I think, long for him. If he's not in the major leagues by age 23, I think a little bit went wrong with him. I'm expecting him to kind of move a little quicker than that, just with how advanced he is with the bat. But, um, yeah, I, I see it that way. They both have really strong upside, quite honestly. But I just think the overall floor is a bit higher with Hassel. I don't think there's as much risk with him. I could see a point of a trammel having some struggles with the bat. But another thing with trammel, he's only been playing baseball full-time for about I think four or five years now still it's he's still very new to full-time a baseball player he was a high uh recruited football player out of high school and ever since he kind of just came into the minor leagues it's just been kind of really a, just a con- con- continuous development project and slowly but surely has just kind of slowly been making his way up the lists and he's kind of right there on the cusp of making his debut and last year was just kind of a down year that Drake touched on but i do expect him to bounce back and i think as he kind of showed with the Padres, he kind of had an exciting end of the year. So it'll be a, it'll be a good move. I definitely would have Hassel above though. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm always curious when we do these lists, how, you know, an 18 year old is, is ahead of a 25 year old. And, and you kind of have to parse that information out uh, just based on, number, you know, rankings. It's a little harder to tell uh, once you kind of figure out where they stand, obviously things become more clear, but I'm always curious about that. Um, but that's it for the top five. Obviously, we kind of talked about number six there with Trammell. But, but Drake, I see you've highlighted the next guy you want to talk about coming in right there afterwards, number seven, Gabriel Arias. Arias is a guy whose defense is way ahead of his bat, upwards of probably 60 fielding, 70 arm. He's got some light feet, but his bat worries me. The slash line aside, he's a heavy ground ball pull hitter with a 25% strikeout rate and a walk rate under five. I kind of parsed these out on some major league leaderboards, and his batting profile is almost identical to Freddie Galvis, who's a career replacement player. Why should I be interested in Arias if all I'm going to get is Freddie Galvis? No offense, Freddie. Uh, basically, I do think that he's just one swing change away. He broke out at Lake Elsinore, but then again, breakouts are very weird, like because you don't know what's going to happen the next season, but I do think... His bat is going to play better. Maybe not at his defense, because his defense is amazing. Like, basically, Jose Iglesias out there with the gloves. So, if okay. the bat does get better, and he does have a little bit of a spring change, then I do think he's going to play a lot better than Freddie Galvis. No offense to Freddie, but... <laughs> I Absolutely, Freddie listens. So, we need to make sure that we always <laughs> mention no offense. Uh, but no, it's true. I, these... Numbers are spot on, 25% strikeout rate, a walk rate under five, heavy ground ball, heavy pull. It's pretty much an exact comp. Jake, what do you see in Arias? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what you guys said, I can't really say much else. I, I think okay. the Freddie Galvis comp is pretty pretty strong. It's just not a ton to be excited about unless, I mean, obviously defense is exciting. You need that, but I don't ever see him being a household name or anything like that. He'll be a strong contributor and likely eventually especially with this deep system, he's likely going to probably move into a utility role or type of bench role type of thing. Yeah, hey, utility roles are important. So I, I won't I won't poo-poo him on that. If he can get a utility role in the major league, then albeit, he's, that's good. Uh, but the next guy on the list that you've got highlighted, number nine, Joey Cantillo. I know you're high on him. I'll let you speak on him. I, 
I see when I look at his numbers, I have a little player comp. I like him as like almost like a Lucas Giolito. Spot on equal uh, strikeout and walk rates, 33% and 8% r- respectively. A fastball that sits 94, a good change. Some breaking pitches, but really they work best because he patterns them correctly. Obviously, Giolito is lofty, but what do you see in him? Are there other player comps I should be looking for instead? So with Joey Cantillo, this is actually like, this just shows you that you can't only get talent from the one through five rounds in the draft. Because I believe he was drafted, he was drafted 16th round in the 2017 draft which is insane to me how much his development has come. But I have kind of like a James Paxton type of uh, comp for him. The mechanics are very similar. They have the same arm angle and uh, same mid to high 90s fastball. I no longer feel weird saying a Giolito comp is lofty because Paxton's pretty damn good. It's just if you look at the mechanics, are like spot on. It's literally Paxton and then Cantia. They look exactly the same. Okay. Well, so I, I do want to note the 16th round selection is a little hidden because he actually signed for fifth round money. He signed for a, what would be the fifth round slot value. So uh, over a slot deal for sure. Um, but still, he, he fell. By all means, he fell. So this is someone that every team in baseball passed on 15 times. So yeah, so the, the combination of Giolito and Paxton coming together, I think People would be pretty happy about that, especially beside Gore and Patino, and th- that future rotation could look pretty sexy. So, but let's move on down the list. Uh, we're going to skip ten and eleven, and we're going to land at number twelve. Your next spotlight, Hudson Head. Um, currently, Head's young, only nineteen, and he's not expected to make his debut for another three years or so. But he's still plenty polarizing. I've seen him all over the place on boards online. Uh, Longenhagen had him at seventh overall in the Padres system. MLB Pipeline had him at fourteenth. We're slotting him at 12. Is this kind of variance a product of the system being loaded and no one can kind of make heads or tails of the talent levels? Or is there something iffy about head that we should kind of take pause over? I just think it's just because of a loaded prospect system. Um, Head is definitely one of those guys that's going to advance quickly. His uh, bat speed is insane. He definitely can, he hits all fields well. Yeah, Hudson Head is one of the guys that he's like one of my favorite prospects in this uh, system. But there's just a few guys that I just think might might get a little little better than him. But he is very raw, but he has a lot of upside, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking at your uh, your article online, and future value of hit his his hit tool has a future value of 55. His power 55, speed 60, arm 55. This guy has exciting tools in the future. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's got a ton of tools. He was projected to go a lot earlier than a third round uh, third round pick in 2019 as well the uh the Padres signed up for i think three million um in the third round just like they did this year with wilcox so kind of a little strategy they've been doing like we touched on in the uh on the draft pods but yeah so this guy's not your typical third round pick and he's not your typical 12th overall prospect in the system because this system no. is likely other than maybe the rays and a couple Dodgers. others it could be yeah the dodgers it could be talked about as the best the best system in the league so you put this guy in any other system not name those two and you're likely looking at a top five prospect probably not anywhere higher than five but about that five range so this kid's got a lot a ton of talent so i'm a big fan um just as you guys are clearly so yeah great hitter uh one thing of note that I always like to see in, in prospects is a walk rate over 10%. Just 
just double digit walk rate is so clutch. It means you have that eye, you have that patience, you have that ability to wait for your pitch. And that's obvious where his on-base percentage is a hundred points higher than his batting average. He is a new favorite of mine for sure. As I look over this, I'm kind of falling in love with this guy. This guy is someone that I'll be, I'll be looking over for sure. Yeah, he's got a ton to work with. I mean, like you said, the walk rate, and then he's able to use the whole field. He gets the ball in the air. He gets when needed. He hits the ball to right. He hits the ball to left. He uses the whole field well. The ball gets carried, and I think he's going to grow into some good power as he kind of progresses. Sure. Well, well, let's let's bounce down the board a bit more. We're moving back to another international guy. This one is the leader of that 2016 international class that we keep coming back to, uh, Adrian Morjon. He signed for $11 million back then, and injuries have just been keeping him down over and over and over again. I guess, one, are we ever going to see this high-end talent that can compete for rotation time with Gore and Patino? And if we do see this healthy one day, what do we expect to see in him? I mean, right now, I know Jake, Jake knows you. I've talked to him about this, but like, I'm not as high on Maury Joan as a lot more people. His command is still not that great. He is very young, which I think helps him out a lot. But I'm just not as high on Maury uh, Joan. But that fastball, high, uh, mid to high 90s, when he's healthy, that's the big part. Like, Because right now, with how quickly he's basically advanced through the Padres system, he should be in the rotation. But he's clearly a reliever right now, which sucks, but... That's how it is. So what is it that he needs to improve the most? Is just the command is all that separates him from being a reliever to a number two or number three starter? His mechanics also really scare me. Like he does use his shoulder a little too much, which might lead to more injuries. But other than than that, I think it's just the command and control. Okay. Jake, uh, what do you have to say about him? I know he's been in the minors forever now, but it seems like five years in the minors. I'm sure you've seen him. What do you have to say about him? I'm kind of on the same level as Drake. I'm not a huge fan of Morgeron. Maybe we're both on the lower scale of him than most, but I don't know. Just every time I watch him, it just doesn't really pop out at me. I don't really see a future starter in him. I don't see the ability to get hitters out three times through an order, maybe twice. I kind of just see a long man. I don't see a back of the uh, back of the bullpen kind of guy. He doesn't have that swing and miss stuff consistently. He's got some good stuff, but... Just against the better hitters, I have tr- just trouble seeing him consistently just miss bats, especially with that walk rate. It's just too risky at the back end of the bullpen. And he has length where he can give you a few innings. It's just also he's been um, very injured throughout his career. So I also see some struggles with just getting through a season in general. Even if he can get through an order three times, I just have a trouble seeing him get through a season in general. So just too many question marks, I think. But he's got talent, just likely a bullpen arm, as Drake said. I feel like the Padres system is filled with that type of player where it's just high elite stuff with no command. You're looking at what, what, uh, Denison Lamette, uh, Michelle Baez, Reggie Lawson. Um, it's someone they always target and they always seem to be fine. They work out. I think, uh, Michelle Baez is a little not in that category, in my opinion. Last year, his walk rate was not very good. Um, previous years, it was. Pretty impressive, especially for a 6'8 guy. He had pretty good command up until then. I think he's just been dealing with some back injuries and all that. Yeah, he's kind of struggled there. Yeah, his uh, I've noticed with his mechanics, he does use his back a lot. And he is he's colossal. He's uh, 6'8. So that back Dylan is Batanzas. definitely going to be. Tell him Batanzas, exactly. That's a 6'8. <laughs> That's going to be very – he needs to keep that back. Just That needs to just – I mean, you know who else is 6'8"? Tom Eshelman. That's not a very exciting player comp. 
Hey, Mr. Orioles guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Also, Tom Eshelman's only 6'3". Honestly, I was like, is this guy really that tall? <laughs> he looks so tall on the mound. <laughs> so does Drake. <laughs> well, alright. The next guy is only a s- one slot drop below Morjan, and Drake, I know you love him. Uh, Edward Olivares. I-, I gotta say, I'm not sold. He definitely has the flashy skills, averaging 15 homers and 25 steals a year since 2017, and that's across three levels in the minors. But the one suspect thing is the bat. He almost reminds me of a roof net or door situation, where he's flashy and people love his fantasy relevance, but in all reality, he might not actually deserve to be on the field. Does Olivares have more than what I'm giving him credit for? I really do think he does. I mean, when he first got uh, acquired by the Padres, he was just this prospect that no one knew who he was his batting stance was just really weird it had a lot of moving parts he was late on everything so the Padres what they did was they lowered his hands they made him more straight up in the box he's making more contact sitting for more power and that speed he has a lot of underrated speed I really like Oliveras and I do think he's going to become a starter for the Padres definitely and they've got a lot of outfielders to work through that that too that might be a little bit of a challenge for him but I do think Oliveras he kind of like Okay, I want to say this, but he kind of reminds me of Acuna. He's not at Acuna's level because he's 24, not 21 or however old Acuna is. But his swing really does remind me of Acuna. He, they really changed the swing to better suit Oliveras because he does bring that energy like you were saying. And I do think he turns into something really nice for the Padres. Uh, Jake, who was the guy – My my – Brain just stopped working. Out of Michigan, he just got drafted. Super power, super speed is the back going to play. Who was that? Um, what is his name? Jordan Nuago? Let me see real quick. Jordan, yes, yes, that's right. Okay, so, so he kind of feels like that's the t- same type of player. That like Bo Jackson-y type player where like you have the physical tools, you're a specimen, you have everything that you can play with. But if that bat doesn't play, you know how I, I – maybe I'm just – against this because the bat isn't there quite there yet how do you feel about him he's definitely like you said he's definitely exciting there's no denying that um a lot of people have been kind of talking about his swing change as drake kind of touched on on twitter and just all over um it just really resembles acuna now just from the braves um just every bit about it but i don't know if he just straight copied it or if that's what the padres kind of saw in him and wanted to do it or whatever but it seems to be working for him in camp in little summer camp before this all got, got going he was crushing the ball left and right is kind of what made him make the team out of uh, out of camp but a little skeptical obviously camp isn't the best sample size and there's still a lot to be proven but he's going to help the team whether it be in a part-time role or maybe starting role this year but he'll likely be hitting against lefties i still have some trouble seeing him with his uh just overall kind of contact and just being able to ability to just kind of hit for average i guess at the next level like he's in he's gonna show some pop but i have some questions with the average just kind of popping up there just consistently but he's definitely gonna be fun i, I think he will carve out some type of role with them this year I and mean, probably over the next few years as well okay well so so rounding out the top 20 we've got four guys that you can go to home and read the reports on on your own because i'm not going to say their names but i will say i'm astonished to say that they're all the way down here at 20 most systems would surely have them higher I'm curious, since this system's so wildly deep, I want to challenge you, Drake, go further down. Outside the top 20, give me some names of guys who either just missed the list 
or guys that we should be on the lookout for that maybe might be making an appearance soon when some of these guys graduate? Now, there's one guy that we all know he still has that potential, Anderson Espinoza. We know that that dude can still (laughs) pitch. I mean, yes, the injuries are horrible, but the dude is still 22 years old, and that fastball is still really good. Uh, I also have Jorge Ona. He was another guy that was in that 2016 class. He was thought of to be their best uh, hitter that they picked up in that signing period. Uh, He just broke out last year. Again, I'm bringing out the word breakout, even though they're iffy. And then I also have Esther uh, Ruiz, who I think his contact tool is going to get a lot better. When it's all said and done, he's still incredibly raw and still very young as well. So the Padres are in pretty good youth there. So very happy you brought up Estuary Ruiz. That's my guy, dude. I'm a big <laughs> fan of him. Yeah, he's not gonna light up the OBP section of the uh, batting average or anything like that, but he's freaking fun to watch. Uh, I mean, a lot of people kind of throw the comp out there, but I see it too. A lot of people kind of just see a lot of little, little, little bit of Alfonso Soriano in him, and he's exciting like that. I don't know if he's ever gonna reach that potential, but he's a lot of fun. And I agree with um, who's the first guy you said? Anderson Espinosa. Yeah, Espinosa. I remember a few years ago when everyone was talking about when he was with the uh, with the Red Sox that he was the next Pedro Martinez and all that. Which he has, he has maybe that talent, but yeah, we'll see. He's had some injuries and kind of been forgotten about at this point. So he might be that guy next year we're talking about that prospects you forgot that are breaking out. I just looked up Jorge Ona. He is a muscly man. Oh, he's exciting. Yeah, he's fun. <laughs> yeah. He would be ranked on most systems as well. I mean, this system yeah. just too tough. That's wow. This is a I most teams in baseball are not this loaded. They they're never this loaded. What did the Padres do? I mean, I, obviously they tanked for ten years, whether on purpose or by accident. But good lord, they have just made just the most out of this situation. And if they can turn some of these guys into major league hitters or major league pitchers for that matter as well, the Padres are a force to be reckoned with for for a decade. Yeah, there's not many teams in the league that could say they might have what it takes to win a World Series just with what's kind of in their farm system and kind of in-house. Quite honestly, probably no team has it. But if one team could say and think they might, it might be the Padres just with how deep they are in the rotation, how deep they are with the bats. But again, a lot of these guys are a few years away, so we can't exactly say that yet. Sure. Well, Drake, are are there any guys in the system that you feel were like overlooked, maybe a guy outside the top 10 that you think maybe has an argument to be in the top five, maybe a guy in the lower tiers that you just want to give some recognition to maybe not, maybe not Ona or or, uh, Espinosa or those guys, but is there anyone else that you feel like should be bumped up higher? I think after doing it, like watching some video, I think Jason Rosario could surprise a few people real quick. I mean, he's not going to hit for power, but he's just like CJ Abrams. He is, Good contact tool and loads of speed. And honestly, he has some of the best uh, outfield defense I've seen in a while. Sure. Uh, just a quick look on Rosario. I see 55 hit, 50 power, 55 field. And he's not even in the top 20. That This system is blowing my mind. Um, one thing, though, on the reverse side of that question, who's a guy in the Padres system that you think might be a little overrated? I mean, we already touched on him, Morihon. I'll just say that right no, now. I just, yeah. I just think he's... I think he's overrated just a bit. I mean, I think Jake and I can agree on that. Yep. <laughs> okay. The well, reason he's well, where he is in the ranks, I guess. Yeah, yeah. pretty we much. Just we just don't. We're not too high, but others are, so we'll see. Same with uh, Baez, too. That's why we dropped him quite a bit, which is just because like 
that reliever profile. Yeah, sure. That reliever profile is going to, I guess, not offer that high-end prospect. But, well, Drake, Jake, that's about all the time we have. We're going to keep these T20s tight, if not just to save my editing time. But, Drake, it was a pleasure having you on, man. Where can people find you on social media? And do you have anything you need to plug? Uh, basically, they can find me on Twitter, at DrakeMan4. And I don't want to plug anything because I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> do you know any, any articles coming out on ProspectsWorldwide.com? Uh, I do have the Padres, or not Padres, D-backs top 20 coming up soon. That's going to be a fun one as well. So uh, stick around. Okay. Uh, Jake, same question to you, my man. Um, you can find me on Twitter, jtillinghast27, J-T-I-L-L-I-N-G-H-A-S-T-2-7. Yeah, we got some top 20s coming out. Like I said, we've got a bunch of guys working on them. So you should see them start falling out again the next few days and just over the next real month, month and a half or so. And then got some player interviews lined up i won't spoil who we got but we got some pretty fun names some names you might not know of some names you will know of but um as well as in the next month or so we'll see some stuff coming out for the uh pg all-american game for the 21 class and just in general for some stuff for the uh 21 class in general maybe a draft board top 50 top 100 we'll see what we got going for you guys also if you could subscribe to our youtube channel just prospects worldwide in the search bar we got a ton of prospects up there from really any team some prep guys some college guys going up there we got a ton of video to get edited and get pushed up there so got some stuff up there but expect a ton more and yeah you'll love it and and as always i'm john giles you could find me on the interweb specifically on twitter at puma revive that's p-u-m-a-r-e-v-i-v-e-d you can help us out infinitely by one subscribing to our pod if you haven't already two leaving a killer review that makes us sound smart and relevant Three, going to prospectsworldwide.com for all of our new articles, including obviously all the top 20 prospect lists across the minor leagues. And four, finally four, tell a friend about us. We're nice. We want to be friends. But until that day when we're platonically holding friendship hands while watching a ball game live, you can always look out for our next episode. Thanks for listening today. I'm John Giles, and this is Prospects Worldwide.